Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Lounge. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm not obviously joined by Harrison Fagan. He has left the show. He is no longer with Silver Screen and Roll. And I am like absolutely Bryant, thrilled. Anthony Just incredible uh, con- you know, confluence of events here. Just I cannot believe this is how this played out. My new co-host like this guy here. for the Lakers Lounge shows from here on out His name is, is none other than newest head coach of the Los Angeles Lakers, Darvin Harrison Ham. Fagan. Yes, my boy Ham. Are you ready to go Ham, Anthony? You, you, Harrison, you... You I'm kick, not even going to try and do a Darvin Ham impression. I'm sorry. You that kicked him nobody, out of the. You kicked him out of the Zoom. What? So I found out that apparently I I was I owed one more show under the contract. So I am back again. I can't I mean, leave. It I is, just can't quit you. I'm sorry. Tis the season to uh, for contract talk with with us here. Yeah, on I I thought that you were going to say I thought that you were going to say uh, Draymond Green was your new co-host. He's just like he's fighting back on the haters well, no, by so, hosting a second podcast. He's yeah, like, no, well, you're telling me to stop. I'm taking on a Lakers podcast. Watch me get fined for tampering. He asked to come on. Like he reached out and he was like, "Hey, man, I know it's kind of random that I would be doing a Lakers Lounge show, but you know, clutch and there's you know, Rich Paul. At Rich asked me to do a Lakers show just to get me ready for, for like the the Lakers fan base. And I told him, no, dude, no, that I cannot, uh, I cannot abide this while you are averaging triple singles in the finals. Like I just cannot have you in my in my silver screen roll podcast. Oh yeah, anymore. you just want him to stick to sports." No, I just well, I, I want him to, to to play better at sports. Like, okay, and and then and then he can he can do the podcasting thing. Can I? All right, all right. Quick aside, um, on on the subject, nobody honestly thinks that like him doing a podcast is making him a worse basketball player. Nobody. Stop uh, it with that stump. True. I I feel like Isaiah Thomas definitely thinks that it's making Draymond a worse. But he's like, oh, all that thought that it takes to podcast, like. Man, he's he's like he's too busy thinking about live reads and not thinking about <laughs> defensive reads. Um, no, I all right. Maybe outside of a couple interesting take artists out there, I don't think anybody actually thinks this is anybody reputable. How about that? I don't think anybody reputable thinks that this is making Draymond Green a worse basketball player. What I will say though is that if I was a fan of the Golden State Warriors and this dude was playing as poorly as he is, like at some point have like a, a, a little bit of, of self-respect here and say like, yeah, I'm not doing this until I correct this. Like that's 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 what I would ask. I'm just, the thing, and I, I hate like comparing players from prior generations when podcasting wasn't a thing and all that stuff. But, like, but you're going to do but it. Anyway. I'm going to, here I am. <laughs> Just imagine, imagine being the, the you know, the, the rep from volume who has to reach out to Kobe after he just coughed, fouled out of a finals game with triple, not even just triple singles, Harrison, but if you added up his points, rebounds, and assists, he's still in the single digits. If you were to, if you were to talk to Kobe after a finals game, like, hey, Kobe, um, I, I know you're probably not in the mood to do this right now, but... Um, would you mind doing a pot podcast? So you're saying Draymond doesn't have Mamba mentality. <laughs> he, was, 
he has the 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 sure mv7 mentality not the not the mom mama mentality oh, that, that's too inside of a joke probably yeah, for no, a I podcast know. yeah so like we i promise we are going to talk lakers you know yeah. i know and we are going to actually talk anthony if you'll excuse me you know for my last show i just want to do this tease and see if mm-hmm. i can master one of these finally we are going to rank Russell Westbrook off-season scenarios from worst to best that we would like to see. Yeah. But the reason we were talking about Draymond is mm-hmm. in part because I told Anthony, I said, Anthony, do not le- read the latest scoop from Jake Fisher because yeah. I-, I know that you're upset about Draymond Green podcasting and you think yeah. that he needs to stick to focusing on sports oh my God. And- instead of talking about Until he plays better. It's not even okay, about no, like- Yeah, no, you're right. Only people who are playing well can talk, can talk on a podcast for 30 minutes after a game. It's true. Mm-hmm. This is in the collective bargaining agreement for the NBA. <laughs> um, no, so Jake Fisher reported that uh, Jake it, Fisher. I'm not sure you called him. I don't even know what you called him there. Jake, Jake Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. Wait, say Jake. Jake. Oh, it sounded like Jick for a second. No, Jake Fisher reported yeah, Jake for Fisher Bleacher report uh-huh. that uh, that. Celtics assistant coaches and staffers are listening in to the Draymond Green show to glean st- strategic insights from yeah. him. Yeah. Well, it's a good thing they're listening to that show because you aren't getting any insights from from that show at all. Which, like, is to be expected, right? You don't anticipate like Draymond be like, "All right, this is this is the way I'm going to. Uh, this is what's giving me troubles to this point. This is how I'm going to adjust to them. These are the specific things that you can look for me to do." Um, I wouldn't anticipate getting that in in any like circumstances, especially so, now during the finals. But but like he wouldn't give that up anyway. So that's what he said on the podium. But apparently Dallas Mavericks assistant coaches also did this apparently to far less success. Um, because <laughs> He wasn't you know. worried about Dallas. <laughs> yeah. So so here here's a quote from the article, especially with the amount of time between finals games. One assistant coach told Bleacher Report, both teams are definitely looking for any small advantage they possibly can. I mean, yeah. It makes sense, even though like, you know I, you're not going to get you know, anything. I've not listened to the podcast, but I Me am neither. strongly guessing that Draymond yeah. Green is not giving away, you know, like X's and O's scouting insights. Yeah, uh, I believe the only clip that I saw going around was him saying, you know, yeah, you know, Horford, smart, like Derek White, they're probably not going to shoot that well again. I mean, I don't know that Boston assistant coaches needed to listen to his podcast to like learn that the, the Warriors were probably going to like try harder to guard those guys. <laughs> Uh, so I, that's but a I hilarious that report. Hilarious. I'm just, Can you I'm think of a more 2022? <laughs> yeah. This coach probably making like, you know, you think it's Brad Stevens, like almost, how he's almost six figures now? at no, they're probably all you think all, all assistant coaches in the NBA make six figures, right? No, nope. not like the video room staffers necessarily that they're yeah. having do this probably, but they're making like high five then I would imagine mid to high five. Yeah, anyway. probably. But yeah. like you, you're looking, you're, you're talking to these people who were making, I don't know, seventy-ish grand or so, and and they're and like these. I was work today. Shut up! I gotta hear the me undies. I gotta read. listen. They told me I have to listen on one <laughs> x speed. I can't. I can't speed it up to two. Draymond, if you're listening to any of these things, do me a favor. Sneak in some intel on what you guys are going to do to your live reads because they're probably skipping right past them to get through the live reads to get to your content. Yeah, that's how you reward the real listenership. Yes. And yeah. Then you get more of those promo code uses from the assistant <laughs> coaching staff of the Boston Celtics. Today's adjustment. Like they're all going to buy to you me by. undies for the whole team. You know? <laughs> yeah. Are you sick of adjusting yourself in your undies? 
<laughs> Today's adjustment is brought to you by MeUndies. Yeah, Draymond's like, I, you know, I got my sixth foul trying to fight guys off of Steph. He's like describing it like a John Wick movie or something. And uh, like, like he had to save him from, yeah. you know, being attacked. And it's like, yeah, you know, are you feeling less secure at home? Well, let me tell you about an offer from my friends that I'm not I'm not going to do a free live read again. But. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I just needed to keep Steph simply that safe simply that's what i was looking to yeah. do I was just trying to make sure that steph was was say as safe as possible in the simplest safe, way you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> um all right we should probably jump into to today's uh main subject like you said we are going to be looking at the the we we did a so we before we went live here listed out all of the outcomes that uh, are available to the Lakers this year with Russell, as it pertains to Russell Westbrook, right? And so far we came to eight of them. Aaron actually in our Slack was nice enough to list like an 8A um, as as another option, which is, um, you know, kind of branches off one of the options like here. an extremely unlikely option at this point. Yeah. But yeah, we can throw it in yeah. here. Um, other other options that we got from, from our Silver Screen and Roll Slack, um, Grant said that Russ might flee the country. Um, I won't say who said this because it might get him in trouble, uh, said that Russ could be arrested for theft and that would explain why Russ might be fleeing the country. Um, shouts to our, our silver screen rule slack for making us laugh at all times. It's, yeah. it's really, that's what we need. That's what we need. Um, nowadays, but Especially again, doing we, this depressing exercise. <laughs> so we came to eight total, eight, like a, ranking, ranking the areas of your body that you'd like to get hit with a baseball bat. You know, it's like, yeah, there's not really like, you know, you, technically you have a top option, yeah. but it, it, you're still not excited about it. What would your top option be? I don't know. That's a good question. I feel like. I think upper back for me. No, definitely not for me. I, I, I have ongoing back problems. <laughs> it's like your I thigh. Guess like upper arm probably. Your butt? Your butt. No, your back. You... Yeah, no, I'd still be worried about. It'd that. have to be I'd lower body, I think. Too. Yeah, I'm, I'm going upper, upper left arm. Like, really? Yeah, I don't need my left arm. I mean, yeah, I guess but for like, typing, but like, you're still gonna get jolted. Games. That's a good question. Where would I? Yeah, I think I'm going upper. We'll back. rank that next week on the Lakers Lounge areas that you'd want to. <laughs> or Anthony and Darvin Ham no, can rank that. No, what I want you guys to do is just reply to either Harrison and me just send just send random ads where you tell just us where you want to get parts. hit with the yeah bat. right that's what I want from you guys <laughs> <laughs> um, all right so out of order these are the outcomes that Harrison and I came up with and then in a second we're going to put them in order from from um, you know most appeasing to least appealing so uh, out of order he could get traded, he could get stretched, he could be just sent home, he could opt out, he could be brought back and actually buys in, he could be brought back and doesn't buy into what the Lakers need him to do, he could get bought out, or he could retire. And technically, um, if he opts out, we are going to add to that as a branch, he could opt out with the intent to send for less per year for more years down the line, which is essentially getting stretched, but again, that's just that's just an option here. Um, Harrison, let's start at the very top here. Let's start at the, or do you want to start at the bottom? I feel like we should start at the bottom. I don't All know. Right. It's fine. I'm fine either way. I think we have the same at the bottom. So let's start there. What's your, okay. what's your number eight? So my number eight is brought back and doesn't buy in. 
<laughs> that's the what scares me is that's feeling like the likeliest right now. I mean, yeah, that's scary. I I disagree because I still believe in my heart of hearts that he will be traded. I just, again, I've given the spiel on the podcast. I feel yeah. like there's no possible way that everyone involved with the Lakers last year watched last year and was like, yeah, that's tenable. We can fix it with just a coach. <laughs> maybe you know? they really liked the coach or really hated Frank Vogel or a combination. Or maybe they the really team. hate Darvin Ham. They just like want him to have to deal with this. <laughs> This is this is payback for Darvin beating the Lakers in 2004. Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. they hired him and they're like just going to make his life miserable. He said he wanted 3 and D wings. Well, get ready for a bunch of combo guards. Malik Monk <laughs> for the full MLE, Kendrick Nunn back. Yeah. Um I agree this is this is my least. This is number 8 uh in terms of how appealing it seems. The reason I think it's the most likely is that and and two things that you're basically looking for with Russ if he is kept around and you're looking for reasons why uh, things might change with his approach is one, the coach. And the coach does matter here. He's a very different messenger than Russ has had since college, right? Ben Howland, um, Scott Brooks, Mike D'Antoni, all middle-aged to older white dudes who don't have very much in common with, with Russ. And Darwin does, you know, at least in, in this one way, have more in common with Russ than those other coaches. He also is a very different purveyor of message, uh, messages than those other guys. He is, um, you know, Howland was pretty gruff. Um, Scott Brooks seems very pleasant. Seems like an overall pleasant dude. Same kind of like with, with Frank plan, Vogel. Yeah. And then and then Mike D'Antoni is probably the most abrasive of the of the three, no, I think Howland is the most abrasive. And then I, I feel like Mike D'Antoni is like passive aggressive. I don't think yeah. Mike D'Antoni's like yelling at you really. He's more like he's but, like subtweeting you. But he's more like like I think that's still less pleasant than Scott Brooks and Frank. Yeah, Bobo. yeah, yeah. I think so yeah. too. And then and but I think Darvin Ham is a lot more likely to just say exactly what needs to be said in as few characters as possible, and and will you know fire back if Russ acts up. So I think the one thing you're looking for is a different messenger. The Lakers have checked that box. The other thing here, and this is what makes me the most nervous, is that Russ needs incentive to change. Like, what's the incentive for Russell Westbrook to change this season? He's getting paid the same amount of money. He's still going to make the Hall of Fame. Embarrassment? I don't know. Pride? I mean... Self-awareness? Yes, I, I, something I mean, he I has in heaps. Do I sound optimistic about any of these options? No, I'm <laughs> yeah. just, I'm just yeah. listing things that are possible. Because, like, the other thing, too, is that that incentive was there last year, right? The incentive was there to change his approach last year when he promised LeBron and Anthony Davis he would change his approach. So it's the same situation here as last season, just with a different messenger. And that difference is worth noting, but I don't know if that's enough to make me sure that he's actually going to buy it. That's why... As yeah, you're talking I'm not quite about, with they Raj have yet to just on, get him out of on Russ becoming the Lakers' Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, you know? I got it. I'm, I, I, <laughs> I respect. I respect the take, yeah. but I'm not there yet. Yeah. All right, number seven for you. I'm guessing again we have at the same spot here. Brought back and buys in. No. No. Okay. No. All right. What do you have? A what do you have instead of this? I have opts out possibly to re-sign for less annually because I think that this is it's just more Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. That, that That's like, that. that's, you know, what's funny is that in the 
towards mid-season, I would say a little before mid-season, I wrote a sort of like Lakers salary cap explainer for Silver Screen and Roll and mm-hmm. like the various options for that summer, like how much max cap space could the Lakers generate? What could they do to generate more cap space? And one of the things that I talked about was, you know, if this is a good year if Russ, like if the Lakers are ultimately able to kind of get into title contention, maybe Russ opts out, takes less annually, but more mm-hmm. long-term because he enjoys the situation, whatever. I'm going to go ahead and guess that that's not what is going to come to pass. And uh, <laughs> that seems extremely unlikely to me. But, you know, number one, the reason I'm fine grouping these together is because I don't buy for a second that he's just going to opt out and mm. just leave. And even then, that's not really a good scenario because then you can't trade him for anything. And you just kind of you're so yeah. close to the cap anyway. Like you don't really gain any flexibility by him opting out. So you're just as screwed with like less uh, avenues to possibly add talent even potentially overpaid talent and yeah. hit, you know him opting out and re-signing for more years that seems horrible i definitely do not want to sign up for that and so that is uh that's where i'm at on number seven that's interesting so i have brought back and buys in um and now to be clear like him buying in does give the lakers a you know obviously a significantly better chance of being better next year but the problem with the Lakers last year wasn't just that the big three didn't fit. It was also that because there was so many veteran minimum guys, the Lakers just didn't have enough dudes to compete. And, and you watch these finals and it's just wing after wing after wing coming you in droves. And with Russ on, on the roster making $47 million a season, it makes it impossible to... to surround him lebron and anthony davis with that those kinds of players in the numbers that the lakers would need those kinds of players in so um it would be cool it it would i would love to be proven wrong as far as whether or not russ can buy in whether he does care about winning because i don't i don't i don't think he does either of those things but uh it still puts the lakers in a really difficult spot to be able to 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 fill out the roster and that's why i have it at number seven yeah, I think you make fair points. I just that's not where I that's not where I have it um, mm-hmm. for you know different reasons. All right, so uh, number six then is uh, where, where do you have it? Number six then. So I have stretched, which is only wow. slightly above the uh, above. It makes sense though, less annually, because it, yeah. this is slightly better. Because you know, while the cap hit is spread out, like you don't have Russ on the roster, so it's like slightly better than like having him on the roster. Yeah, like resigned for like four years, mm-hmm. doing whatever, you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Like, it's still like if you're going to get rid of me. him, and, like this is not the best option of getting yeah. rid of him by any means. But this is to me still better than like opting out and resigning for. Yes, yeah. I just like I don't well, yeah. see that as a tenable scenario. Right. The the headaches. Like th- th- this is the thing. Like we wrote about this all last season. The headaches that that he produced in the locker room in film sessions and stuff. Um, I would rather have him stretched out over the next couple seasons rather than have him there and still producing those headaches, being the source of those headaches. I have, at number six, him just getting sent home. Um, Because, you know, for the same reasons that we've talked about, it's still impossible to fill out a roster, plus you don't have this guy fulfilling a role. Um, And it means that something else really, really bad probably happened, (laughs) right? Like, if, if it's bad enough for Russ to just get sent home. And maybe, you know what? I 
now I'm think, now I'm saying that out loud. Him getting sent home is you know would be better for THT, I guess, because it allows THT to step into the creativity role that you had Russ in before. But but you still are doing that where you're forcing THT to be the third best player on a championship a team with championship expectations, aspirations. And I don't think he's quite ready for that. And you also don't have the fewer salaries if you were able to, to trade him. So that's my number six, number five for you. Uh, yeah. So number five for me is retires. Uh, <laughs> this is better than stretched because yeah. you don't have the cap hit over multiple years mm -hmm. and you just get like his money doesn't even count against your cap because he just retired. We looked this up before the episode. So unless I misread yeah. the CBA FAQ, if he actually retires, that money does not stay on the Lakers cap, uh, you know, producing these kind of things. So like that is, I guess, you know, like, like I said, opting out is not great, but just this one goes above opting out just because it would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. It's the same conclusion, just with a much funnier explanation. It's just like he is just like, yeah, like F you guys, I'm going home. And <laughs> why not? <laughs> I, like, honestly, I'd respect it. Yeah. Um, all right. I have we're at number five. I have him getting bought out at number five, which is, again, like retired, ops out, bought out all very similar outcomes here, right? He's not on your books the next couple of seasons. Um, you don't have much in terms of flexibility to be able to, to, to replace him this year. So you're just kind of, everybody involved here is just saying, we do not want to work with each other anymore. We're all moving on. Number four for you. So number four for me is sent home, which I know that you already went mm -hmm. over. The reason to me that sent home- Yeah, why home is it higher for you? Sent home is more appealing than retires or stretched or opts out is because if you send him home, you at least still have the salary to use at the trade deadline if a team is ready to retool and go into the tank at that point. And you have the added benefit of like he's not like messing up chemistry from day one in training camp and things like that. And so like he's just at home, he's gone, he's away from the team. And maybe you can maybe you have that option later on down the line to acquire some reinforcements in exchange for just a half season of his contract like at that point I feel like especially for teams that are kind of like hey we weren't as good as we thought let's just blow it up you know maybe at that point they become desperate enough and it's only half a so it's only like you know whatever half of 47 million is like 23 mm -hmm. and a half million or so yeah. um at that point you know even for the cheap ass owners like that's not that onerous of a thing uh one such owner being the Lakers own yeah I mean <laughs> I'm not disputing that, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, yeah. you know, in terms of... I just feel know, the, the need to always owner, point out the Lakers like being... That. Yeah, I, I just... No, this I can't is not help me myself. saying, Laker, oh, yeah, Lakers to... are going to outspend everyone. They don't care yeah. about money, whatever. No, it's just like, I mean, 23 million is cheaper than 47 million. And so yeah. for those owners that were hit hard by the pandemic and, you know, just don't want to spend on the roster, you know, maybe that's a more appealing bill to bite, you know, to yeah. get off of longer term money that extends beyond this season for flawed players that aren't really taking them anywhere, but could maybe help the Lakers. Right. And, and like some teams will kind of take steps back over the course of the season that thought they had higher aspirations heading into the season. And after those expectations are not met, maybe those players on that team are now more available than they were heading into the season. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. It, it, the more that I kind of think about it, sent home probably should have been higher up on the list for me. 
that's, that's I want an argument with you. This is, you know, yeah. thank you. this was a great last show present, honestly. <laughs> this is like, I think, one of the first times I can recall ever changing your mind on something. So I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you for that. You've really grown over our time together. Yes, literally, physically, I have, I have definitely grown. I All wasn't right. going to say it. <laughs> uh, so number four for me is him retiring. Um, and, and yeah, for all the, the reasons that you talk about, plus the hilarity of, of him just saying, like, you want him to say, F you so guys, much. I'm going home. Like, honestly, as much as it would be bad for the Lakers, I would respect him just saying, no, I'm just done. I don't, I yeah. don't want to deal with this anymore. It also, I guess, I guess I also need to say that like, it would suck that one of the most exciting players in NBA history would end their career this way that would choose to end their his career that way yeah you know it would be very it would be very reminiscent of of uh alan iverson at the end of his career and i remember being so sad back then like this dude iverson was so freaking incredible was so exciting was so fun to watch was such an important like part of nba culture back then too and and all of those things that made iverson what you know, who Iverson was, um, the chip on his shoulder, the proverbial and perpetual chip on his shoulder. Like that was why his career ended the way that it did. And I think however, you know, whether I don't think Russ is going to retire this year and forego 47 mil, but I do seems think unlikely. I do, however, think that a similar end to Russell Westbrook's career seems on the horizon because he is not interested in, in any kind of self-awareness based off of what he said at the end of last season. And I guess the other benefit of this one in terms of it just coming off the cap is that it takes away from the Lakers luxury tax payments, which maybe gets them to spend more elsewhere. Maybe, maybe you know, it's, I mean, not, I, that's not nothing. I'm not, I'm not like rooting for like genie bus to get like a nicer vacation out of it or something, but yeah. you know, and I don't really care how much money they save, but if that convinces them, you know, like, Hey, overall on the books, because this money that we are paying Russ because he's retiring is now just 47 million instead of 47 million plus the associated yeah. luxury tax payments. Maybe that allows the team to be a little bit more spend happy in other areas. Well, to that point. So if the Lakers were to stretch Russ, for example, right? That means they're still on the book for the amount of money that they owe Russ. Plus now they would have access to the full um, mid-level exception, which would now cost more money. From what I've heard, there's some question as to whether or not the Lakers would actually spend all of the, the extra exception money <laughs> that that uh, they would have access to. I, we laugh, but that's that's something that people are legitimately wondering about around the league. And again, like people, I understand one, I'm not a reporter. Two, I understand how frustrated people are with the word around the league type of reporting that we've been getting a lot of. I understand the frustrations there, but if these teams have intel and they're they need to have accurate intel on these teams and they have questions about whether the Lakers would spend the extra money they would have access to. Should they stretch Russell Westbrook uh, or buy out Russell? No, they wouldn't have access if they bought him out. So if Russ retires, it means that the Lakers would be more likely to spend the extra exception money that they would have coming to them. And and that matters. That, that that's, a, that's a very different type of player. You could get at 10-ish million dollars than the one you can get at like 6-ish million dollars. All right. Number three for you is... 
Yeah, so, I mean, honestly, in the spirit of changing our own mind, in, in the spirit of my arguments changing someone's mind, you know, I've changed my own mind, and I probably <laughs> should have had this for. I think okay. Sent Home might actually, in re like, thinking about this a little more as we've been talking, Sent Home might actually be a more appealing option yeah. than this, but I had bought out, not stretched. Uh, okay. Just because, you know, like, I, I think, um, at least if you're not stretching it, then it's not over you know, years and years and years where you're paying him these extra well, three two years more or whatever years. that you're... Two no, more. wouldn't it be... No, yeah, you're right. It would be three. This year um, and then two years on top of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I just am not in favor of spreading the pain out over multiple years and just having a completely dead salary slot. So yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna buy him out or you're gonna waive him or cut him or whatever, then this is better to me than the stretching one, which is why I had I. But in retrospect, I probably should have had sent home above this. So I have ops out as my number three, um, and you know again for the same stuff like we just talked about with retiring and all of that. So no need to go over all of that all over again. Uh, but again, like the the reason ops out or retired isn't isn't higher on this is because uh, while it does give you access to the extra um exception money i cannot i cannot exaggerate how important it is for the lakers to have just a few smaller contracts to be able to work with over the course of the season as trade chips that's really really important and if he just walks away in however whatever manner it is you don't be you aren't able to do those things mm-hmm all right. Which is no. why, for despite everyone wanting him gone, like there are bad options that involve him just walking away. Yeah, like the ops out stuff, and like him retiring, like that's not really that good for the Lakers. No. You know, even yeah. despite some of the arguments that we made, like that's still a bad scenario compared yep. to some of the other ones. Absolutely, it's and it would like, again, it would be sad for basketball. It would. Yeah. I, I really hope that that Russ does the mellow thing and recognizes that, like, look. Incredible player at his peak, one of the, the the most exciting players I've ever seen. But the game dictates that you have to do certain things and sacrifice certain things to win. And until he shows that he's consistently willing to do those things, like the NBA might just be done with him. Uh, well, right, number two. In that spirit, are you ready to be angry? Oh, no. Because which one have I not taken off the board yet? Uh, brought back and buys in baby number two <laughs> I don't know if it's I don't know if it's Raj on the pod convincing yeah. me that you know hey maybe Russ can be the Lakers Andrew Wiggins I don't mm -hmm. again probably not but I, I respect the take and I, I wanted a, an excuse to shout out Raj I don't know if it's Darius writing a great column for the site where he talked about you know some of Russ fitting better is not just going to be on ham or the roster or whatever some of it is on him some of this yep. stuff is a lot of him it. if he wants probably to more a of, lot it of it than on anybody else <laughs> yeah like I, I think no one disputes that Russ was in as many ways as a lot of players on the as maybe in as many ways as anyone on the roster last year was set up to fail you know, I, I don't know that anybody really disputes that in a lot of... THT like, was set up in a worse spot, but yeah. Okay, yeah, but other than THT, maybe, yeah. Russ may have been the most set up to fail, given how we have seen his whole career go. But I, I'm going full heel turn. I'm going back, you know, yeah. I was a Russ optimist when the deal happened. I thought mm -hmm. that, you know, 
the things that he was saying to LeBron and AD, like the type of player and skills and athleticism that he had, there were, there could be value for that if he was bought in and willing to do things that we've never seen him do in his entire career. And look, do I think those things are particularly likely? No. But if he came back and did all of those things that I was so excited about in terms of, you know, locking in on defense, some of the stuff that Ham has talked about, you know, moving more off the ball, you know, paying more, being more defensively attentive, uh, all of this stuff, being willing to take a reduced role and, you know, push pace and all of these things, like that still could be a useful player, maybe, which is better than just like sending him home and getting nothing from that salary slot. Uh, Do I think that any of these are the most likely scenarios? No, but it would, it would be number two for me. If he actually came in back and bought in to the degree that I think everyone was hoping he would last summer. Yeah. I, um, Again, I understand where this is coming from, and from I won a, you over. You're going to change again? No, <laughs> no, no. Because again, it's 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 about what the Lakers wouldn't be able to do around him on on the rest of the roster, which is what's yeah, stopping me fair. from having from ha- having me that uh, letting me have it that higher. Jeez, strokes are fun, um, but yeah, and I've had one, so I'm not. You know, you guys aren't it, the. <laughs> I never know. I anyway the. The 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 bot brought back buys back in aspect of this. <laughs> Are you happy? This is your last show. <laughs> You're just unbelievable sometimes, all the time. I hope you cut that. <laughs> Why would I? Oh my god! All right. Uh, the brought back buys in uh, scenario here from a from like a human story humanity standpoint would be really cool. Like that is the only reason why I'd be rooting for that as an outcome, because I still don't think the Lakers would be significantly better as a team um, than they were last year because of the surrounding pieces. And, and then, you know, I, I just, even with Russ bought in doing those small, he still can't shoot. Like he buys in and he's, he's more willing to, to, to shoot from three point range to space the floor, except he shoots the same rate. Like that's, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, yeah, that wouldn't be ideal. I would say that would be a little bit of a coaching thing too, that, you know. <laughs> right, right. And like some of this too, like LeBron has to make, I think, more of a concerted effort to make course, the game easier yeah. for I mean, Le- we're only for talking about Russ today, but there's a lot more people that need to do a lot yeah. more things than just a- Russ. AD shooting There's no way any Russ for... fans that are going to be mad at us made it to this point in the podcast. Right, but... yeah. <laughs> but like a- AD shooting 18% from three-point range last year was arguably a bigger issue on the court for the Lakers than Russell Westbrook was. Because it, it completely contorts everything that you're trying to do offensively. It just, it screws everything up. It just... And going back to the point of Russ being set up for failure, like, that's not setting him up to succeed. No, no, absolutely not. And then, like, AD not being interested in finishing above the rim to start the year either, like, that didn't help, you know? So there are stuff that, that have to happen around Russ buying back in that could maybe make this work, but I still am not positive almost no matter what those guys do that it can work with Russell Westbrook, the player that we have seen to this point in his career and especially the last few seasons of his career. I I think those are totally fair critiques. And I, I, you know, I can't logically really completely disagree with you on those, but I just, you know, if I'm ranking pie in the sky scenarios, I just still am trying to have some hope and kind of bring that mindset into it. That's the likeliest optimistic scenario, right? What that he, 
like that they bring him back and he buys in. If you're an optimist here, that's the likeliest of those scenarios. No, no, you I just you don't think, I think so. That I think that my number one, and I think your number one, Our is number one. potentially more likely and okay. better is for the Lakers. Yeah. Traded. Well, yes, I agree that it would be better for the Lakers, but I don't think it's the likeliest of the scenarios here. But all right, so explain, explain, like, why is it likelier? to you that the Lakers trade Russell Westbrook that then, then them, you know, bringing him back and hoping he buys in. Oh, hoping he buys in. That's a different question. I thought that you were going to say that he bought then him coming back and buying it. Oh, um, I, I guess I, that's, that's worth noting. Okay. Yeah. So if it's ho- bringing him back and him buying in, Very I watched unlikely. last season. That's the answer to why I don't think that, why I think yeah. that being traded is uh, more likely than yeah. Um, in terms of, you know, their hopes and whatever, I still think that the trade is more likely. I just, again, I said this at the beginning of the show. I feel like I've said it on every show. You said it a lot. Yeah. I have a working set of eyeballs that watched the last Lakers season almost Mm -hmm. every single game. I think I probably watched 80, you know, 78, maybe of the 82 games in their entirety, very closely to the point where I was like writing about them in detail and things like that. You know, who watched those games a lot closer and made sure that they saw all 82, presumably the Lakers front office, Mm -hmm. you know? And I just have, I have no way of believing that they watched last year on the court, that they watched last year off the court, that they had to deal with Russ every single day as a basketball presence, not as a person. I think there are a lot of Lakers yeah. people who actually have a lot of fondness for Russ as a person, mm-hmm. but as a basketball presence yeah. in terms we should, of, we should really hammer that point. Like when I criticize his, his interest in his self-awareness as it pertains to like him as a basketball player, that is very, 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 very different from him as a per. like, seems like a really support staffers love Russ. Yeah. One of a like a legitimately great father, really good father figure, somebody who is very aware of societal issues and and Does great is work in the community and almost incredible work. credit for it in all of the communities too. Like he's doing it in LA, he did it in OKC, he did it in Washington and Houston. Everywhere that he's been as a person is a legitimately great person. However, as a basketball player and his approach to the game as a basketball player, it leaves a lot to be desired exactly and so that's why you know we we can say this stuff without you know it's not anything about him as a person when i say this stuff i'm talking about rob palinka kurt rambis you know the brain trust that watched last season dealt with the basketball stuff behind the scenes got the feedback from the coaching staff now again it's going to be a mostly new coaching staff Uh, quentin crawford and phil handy are returning it doesn't really seem like very many others who are at least not like high level you know bench members of the coaching staff are coming back Mm -hmm. darvin ham is a new presence as we saw at his introductory presser but despite him saying all the right things and him you know doing all the right public coaching and reportedly private coaching of russ behind the scenes this to me I will not believe that Russ is going to be on the roster next year and not traded until, you know, like training camp starts and he's there. (laughs) Yeah. No, Um, not even media day. I need to see the second day when they actually start doing drills. (laughs) He shoots one bank shot off the the shot clock. All right. That's it. He's traded like while he's like getting into his gear for the first day of practice. (laughs) Like, yeah, we you know, we, we came down to the wire. Yeah. I mean, right. as you and I are familiar with, sometimes these negotiations, when you're mm-hmm. negotiating between two parties, both of whom are trying to get the best deal for themselves, mm-hmm. 
these things deadline it's like you're it's like you know our friend Aaron likes to say deadlines promote action yeah. so the Lakers as they get closer to the draft as they get closer to LeBron's extension talks as they get closer to training camp these are all deadlines for potential times that you would want to do something about Russ and until all of those pass by and he is on the roster for like the first pre preseason game I do not buy or really for training camp like I do not buy that they're going to waste a training camp trying to make this work and that they're not going to find some team that is willing to take long-term cost savings in exchange for one year of Russell Westbrook and potentially a draft pick or two. Yeah, I um the only thing that I keep falling back on that really makes me nervous here is that man, you know it's great. I'm not even gonna say it delicately. I think Rob Polink is incredibly self-serving. I think he I think like I from from like things that you read about the guy, things that like you read about the guy and then don't get defended by anybody that you talk to, he seems shady and if this person That's true, I'm not sure that anyone has ever defended Rob I, to me. No, it's wild. Like I'm talking about like NBA people, NBA media yeah. people, whatever. No, I've never heard it. I've never. And, and I, and, and I have said some, you know, and read like a lot of stuff about this dude. And it, when you talk to people around the league, none of it comes back as like, Oh, come on. That's unfair. Like none of it. And yeah, and, there's there's some stories out there of his, how he deals with members of coaching staffs and yeah. uh, things like that. Back when he was an agent, he was a complete not, asshole. No, I, I'm talking about as Lakers GM. Like, that too. That are not flattering of Dude, his uh, managerial or leadership style. The 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 freaking Kings, Kuz, Trez, KCP, they thought a deal was done, and then all of a sudden, nope, we're 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 actually going to do this one over here with Washington. That's how you get the reputation. Yes. Yeah. And so anyway, like I think I think because of that self-serving nature and Rob knowing that as he was the person who pulled the trigger on the aforementioned Russell Westbrook trade, his name is on the line here. His his ass is on the line. And the most sure way of remaining employed and not just remaining employed, but also maintaining the amount of power that he has within the organization um, is through the Russell Westbrook trade working out. And it obviously cannot work out if you chase the bad trade with another trade and additional assets to get rid of the bad trade and, and or undo the bad trade. And so uh, I, I find it really difficult given what I've heard about this guy um, that he would admit that he made a mistake in the first place and that he would uh, fix it if it means potentially risking uh, his, his own standing within the organization. The other part of it that I'm nervous about, you mentioned the brain trust. Um, not very many bright, like not very many minds in there that have been relevant in NBA terms in the last 20 or so years. You know, Phil Jackson is apparently a Russell Westbrook guy. Phil Jackson was an outright failure in New York last time we saw him. Um, Kurt Rambis has been an outright failure every time he hasn't been next to Phil Jackson. So like, I, I, I you, you're muted. So, so I, 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 the, the issue here that I see with, with, you know, you have what I just said about Rob Polinka, and then you, you have what I'm, I'm saying here about the, the, the brain trust here is that I don't, I don't think there are people that are all that 
interested or incentivized to actually move this guy. And that makes me really nervous. And that, that's, that's why I think it's probably more likely they bring him back and hope that it can work out. And by the way, don't fix it over the course of the season. Because again, Harrison, there's no new information now than we had over the course of last year. We knew right away it wasn't going to work. So and they didn't fix it. You make really good points. The only reason I push back on that is that we know that by front office leak to after leak after leak after leak, yeah, they are not taking a victory lap or credit for the no. Russ acquisition. Of course not. Mm. So if we're talking about, you know, from the perspective, you know, like if Rob was the one that was fully, you know, like I have made this decision, you know, Jeannie, this was me. I loved it. I wanted Russ. Yeah. All these things, which again, like I do think that he wanted Russ maybe more than some of these leaks are painting yeah. a picture because this is something that has been like, like it was out there for a while before they actually made the deal that Rob was mm -hmm. a Russ fan. And so I think, you know, but they have very clearly tried to distance themselves from this, which to me implies that they see that it is a problem and they want to move on from it. And so it's not going to be a thing where like I am keeping Russ because I said that this was a good deal and I want to save my credibility and my job and all of this stuff and I need it to work to hang on. It seems like they have very successfully shifted the blame internally to LeBron and Clutch and AD mm -hmm. and those mean dastardly superstars that locked them in the copy room while they, you know, <laughs> sent the trade office. No, it couldn't have been the copy room. You need the, you need them on the phone to make the trade call. Yeah, it's true. They, they, I don't know. They locked them in like a broom closet or something. I put it on speaker yeah. and then, and then had them in the room with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they hired Rob Lowe to come do a Rob Polinka impression. All of it. It was like, it was an incredibly well-run operation that they'll someday make a LeBron James produced movie about, but you know, that is the picture that they want us to believe is that they did not make this move. And it was those dastardly superstars that yeah. forced them to trade for Russ. And so that's why I am maybe more buying into the idea that they're willing to move him, you know, and not try and make this work because they thought it was such a good idea in the first place. And they want people to know that. So, Here's my one counter. Haven't we also gotten a ton of leaks that would indicate that the Lakers internally believe that the reason that Russ didn't work out was because of Frank Vogel? I don't know how much of that stuff now in retrospect that I completely buy. I buy okay. that they are painting that picture. I do not necessarily completely buy that that's actually how they view it. Okay. All right. I buy it a little bit that that is how they view it. I am more inclined to believe the stuff that happened when everybody was finger pointing at midseason. Yeah, no, uh, than I am to when they're trying to negotiate like trade leverage and stuff now. That's fair. That's that's fair. Uh, I I I still though, again because they're incentivized to prove that it was just Frank was a problem with the with the organization last year, like because. Harrison, isn't that the I surest way they can keep? Isn't that the yeah. surest way that they can keep their jobs? They're like, yeah, it was the all this only guy reason that led us to a title's fault. Just yeah. him, only right. him. And we only knew, and, and they can also say, like, couldn't they also say, hey, not only was it just his fault, and we knew it was going to be just his fault because we were wanted to fire him over the course of the season, and we weren't able to because those stupid reporters leaked after they beat the damn Jazz, and we weren't able to. Yeah. Like it was just, it was just such a collection of clusterfucks over the course of the season that, like, yeah, I, I, I or, will you know, trust like that they do the maybe, smart thing when they do the smart thing. Fair, totally fair, and, and and you know maybe maybe it's like you said to bring us full circle. Maybe they just hate Darvin Ham for winning the two thousand four <laughs> title over them, and they just want to make his life. He miserable. did beat Kobe. He, yeah, he, that was Kobe's. That saying. was Rob Polinka's client at the time. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lakers Lounge Podcast. Thank you guys, uh, especially Draymond, for tuning in the way that you did. I really appreciate it. Draymond, you've been... assistant coaches. I don't know what strategic <laughs> insight you hope to get on the Warriors from this episode, but I respect your commitment. Like... Well, Draymond's been sitting there this whole time muted because you trampled him um, en route to you wanting to, to fulfill your contract here. This I just is... don't want him giving away any valuable strategic insight to the Celtics coaches. I am doing a favor... Yeah. As to all know, Lakers us, fans, hashtag dub nation, you yeah. know, we try to overcome here and <laughs> look, uh, teams have I, blown bigger leads than this in the finals. We he, as hashtag dub nation know this. And yes. so, you know, two, one, that's nothing. That's teams not come back from three, one. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to say for now? You're definitely last podcast. I feel like I, you know, I'm I'm kind of running out of nice things to say about the audience. Should I critique the audience? I don't know. You guys, sometimes I ask you guys to tweet at people and you don't do it. And you know, yeah, you know what? Just, you're right, Harrison. Yeah, why? Why am I? Oh wait, I'm sticking around. No, Harrison, you're wrong. Our audience yeah. is great. My audience now is great. You're, you're wrong you about to, my. You audience. all listen, voluntarily listen to multiple podcasts a week featuring Anthony Irwin. What is wrong with you? I feel like this is a question aimed directly at Jen. <laughs> <laughs>